I love Ukraine. I missed this country when it was abroad and uh, I returned back here and uh, I left Kyiv. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life, experiences, work, and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital, Kiev, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help clean the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me so many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I couldn't return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19. So this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine. And thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine, top 100 travel podcasts in Switzerland, top 60 travel podcasts in the UK, top 30 in the Netherlands, top 25 on Apple Russia, and top 20 on Apple Poland. My guest today is Lydia Patsola from the Kiev National Economics University, where she received a bachelor's degree with honors in international economics, a master's degree in international business, trade and commerce, and finishing a PhD focused on the marketing of IT companies, from being the executive assistant to the executive vice president in Kai IoT in New York, to air slate business automation, to being a business analyst and scrum master at CyberVision Inc. Lida is 26 years old. She worked in Kiev for nine years and was born in Rivne. How are you today? Hi, everyone. I'm doing great and just looking forward to this awesome conversation with you. I am excited, happy, and looking forward to it. And let's begin. Let's begin with something that I would think maybe is unexpected. What is a memory you have in Rivne that is meaningful to you that sometimes you remember and think, wow, those were good times? Yeah, actually, my native town is Sarne. It's uh, in the Rivne region. Uh, What uh, the most exciting I have uh, in my mind uh, is my childhood uh, that I spent with my mother, with my father, with my sister. And uh, these years were just amazing. Uh, Because uh, right now um, I don't have uh, an opportunity to talk to my mother anymore. And uh, it's a pity. It's a big loss uh, in our family. But uh, those memories just warms my heart. 
and uh, uh, what I, can I say uh, also about my native town? It's uh, uh, it was really surprising at school to found out that uh, uh, our town was the capital of uh, Ukraine for one day. Uh, it was in early um, 20th century, and uh, this information about my native town is pretty exciting. Really? So I have to ask, why is that exciting? Is it a sense of pride or is it a way of feeling that your people had a good moment at some point? Or is it, what is the reason why that the fact that for one day, like you said, Rivne was the capital of Ukraine, gave, gave you such a feeling? Uh, it's actually not Rivne, it's Sarne. Uh, and why? Because, uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, probably pride for my native town, for people who live there, because uh, our region uh, is really rich uh, in different history moments. And, uh, yeah, I feel pride about that. Even it was one day and uh, my friends may be laughing that, oh, come on, one day, what is that? <laughs> but still, I, I like I like it. I'm excited about that. Okay, and then I have to ask another thing. So you went to Kiev, you lived there in, for nine years. How was that moment of moving from the Rivne region, and like you said, to going to the big capital, and also compared to going to New York? How was that adaptation or culture shock or new experience in your situation? Uh, actually, I moved to Kiev uh, because uh, my sister lives here, and uh, I wanted to—I I always want to be by her side, and uh, I enjoy her. Um, I enjoy communicating with her and being near her and her uh, children. So uh, one of the reasons, probably, because I moved here is because of her. And uh, from my childhood, uh, I also visited her often here. So I guess there, there is no other place in the world where I can go. Uh, so uh, I started studying here and uh, continue live here after, uh, even after I graduate. Uh, but comparing uh, life uh, here in Kiev or let's say in New York, I've been also to Miami, I've been to Washington. Uh, I can say that uh, Kiev is full of uh, interesting and uh, I would say familiar things, right? As you said, a person like me who goes to um, New York or Miami or whatever other place, uh, um, they can face this cultural shock because something is different, something is not like uh, at home, right? And uh, that's uh, probably it. Yeah, I faced some issues like, um, I don't know, even, you know, when you want to express yourself, you want to talk about something and you just uh, in the uh, environment full of foreigners. And when you're talking, nobody can understand you or you're just using some uh, old grammar rules or you are talking like uh, from a book and not like a person who lives there. And it's, it's distracting, honestly. Thank you. And I'm hearing so many things, but I'm fascinated with one thing. You seem to be very emotional. You seem to be connected with your emotions. 
yes, yet you're a very smart uh, person and you're doing your PhD in a difficult field and in one of the best universities in, in Ukraine. So how do you combine or allow both sides of you, the very logical, smart side, as well as the emotional side that is more in the moment and playful and maybe it's not so logical? Um, thank you for the question. And uh, you're really right. I'm, uh, I would say, even too emotional. Uh, Sometimes uh, I can watch news and just cry. So I don't watch it anymore <laughs> because it's really difficult for me. Uh, and um, yeah, you're also right that uh, I have uh, right now uh, work. I'm working right now on my PhD thesis, uh, on my dissertation, uh, and uh, how these two people can live in one body, right? Uh, so um, to work, to do some research, to do some I don't know conclusions. Uh, I usually switch off the emotional side because otherwise you will be, I don't know, you will be diving deeper, deeper, deeper and you will never stop. So um, having uh, this uh, side of uh, my, I don't know, character uh, that uh, I am hardworking, so when I need to do something, I just go and do it. I don't wait uh, or I don't uh, make an excuses. Uh, when I need, I do. Uh, and one second, one second. And since you are emotional, since you were born, that is probably not how you were. Were you raised and like your parents or your mom taught you to be that person who can switch off, like you said, your emotional side and do what you need to do? Or did you have situations where you understood, okay, if I want to have a good life, I have to learn this, and therefore you trained yourself? Or how was that moment of transformation and change? Uh, I wouldn't say that there was some teaching from my parents or anything like that. Um, maybe I didn't express it correctly with saying switching off. Uh, what I mean is that it's not distracting me, right? It's not... Uh, um, influence in what I'm thinking. Uh, when I'm working, uh, when I'm doing some research, I'm just concentrated enough uh, on doing this uh, stuff. And still, I can listen to music, which probably helps uh, my emotional side, right? Okay. You use the word that it distracts you so that you stay focused on what you're doing, which is more of a metaphor of a traveler, which is two things. I have to ask about normally people who would say that they many times don't remember to be happy in the present. I'm not saying it's you, just maybe it is. So please comment. They always wait for, oh, when I have this, I will then be happy. When this happens, then I will be happy. And in many ways, it's a bit sad because they forget that they can be happy in each day. And when that arrives, when, for example, they get their diploma, they don't even have time to be happy because they think of the next thing. It's like, oh, I ha when I have my bachelor, then I'll be happy. Oh, when I have a job, I'll be happy. No, when I have my master's, I'll be happy. No, when I have my PhD, I'll be happy. No, when I have a house, I'll be happy. And then life keeps on slipping 
away. Is this your situation or do you truly compartmentalize where there are times in your day where you forget all logic and become like a butterfly full of happiness and emotions? <laughs> or are you more, like I said, someone who is living, waiting for the future when in reality the future never ends, but we time passes anyway? Uh, so um, I would say that I'm happy. I cannot say that I'm not happy. I'm happy with what I, what I have right now. And uh, probably with uh, all this PhD stuff, it's just like I'm open for new challenges, for new opportunities. And um, I think uh, being first in my family who probably, I would say probably will receive this PhD, uh, it's uh, an honor for me, for my parents. And uh, I'm not looking for like... Uh, I'm not looking for these challenges, to be honest. They are just uh, happening to me. I don't know <laughs> how this happens, but that's how it is. Really? <laughs> so two things I have to ask about. You said it's an honor. And before you spoke about feeling proud, do you have moments in your childhood experiences where you felt proud? You received a lot of appreciation and validation from adults, and therefore that became a really, really valuable emotion for you. And second, you said these challenges and these things like the PhD happened to you. Well, are you more of a spontaneous kind of person? You don't really try to plan everything. You're, like you said, open to challenges and opportunities. Flow with the moment and let life give you different pages in the book that is your life. Um, I guess uh, that's just uh, being me. Uh, I remember myself as this from my childhood, from my early childhood. Even when parents show me the recording of me from twenty, from twenty-three years ago, uh, I see that I always was curious. I always was smart. I was. Uh, I just guess it's because my. Um, my parents who uh, really taught me right things uh, and my mother she was a teacher and uh, i always uh, was by her side and uh, um, this curiosity is probably from her uh, so uh, with uh, proud i cannot say that uh, this thing i need in my life so that someone should be proud of me no uh, no it's not true it's just uh, that these things happen to me and uh, why not being proud about that, right? Uh, as you said, uh, if I'm a spontaneous person, probably yes. I would say, even if we take a hundred percent, I would say uh, I would say that seventy percent. I'm a spontaneous person, uh, and uh, when I see, when I really see some opportunities or challenges that come to me, it may be a one-moment decision, yes or no, and I can take it quickly. Yeah, after that, I may be, I may start thinking, why, why, Lida, why did you do that? But still, uh, I think uh, uh, every experience is valuable, and you can get something from any activity you do. I like this, but I want to go deeper. So this is the question that I wish to ask: What is an activity, any kind, that when you do it, you think? Lida, this is good. I enjoy this. This is 
something how this is how life should be like it's good you know um there are so many things in my mind right now um but you know when i first when i first heard this uh, my first thought was actually about my work because i really like what i do uh, i really like business analysis and uh, this uh, this work if uh, i continue working in this sphere uh, it will be really exciting and uh, you know the saying says uh, that uh, when you like your job you won't be working a day in your life so uh, i like that so i have to ask which part of business analysis is maybe your favorite or like you said the most exciting uh, the part when you actually does the analysis so um, basically my uh, job includes communicating with people uh, discovering their needs which i like to do to um, go deeper into their problems what exactly they want to solve and then perfect let's with... focus on this let's focus on this okay. when you go deeper on people's problems and what they're trying to solve why is that meaningful or important for you um i would say that i'm a helper Right. So when somebody needs help, I'm there for these people. Uh, and uh, this kind of reminds me of uh, some help. So people have problems, have issues with uh, their software or whatever uh, in their business. And uh, when they come up to us, to me directly, um, I can see what their problem can Great. suggest. Now, one second. This is beautiful. You said, I am a helper. Was there uh, any memory in your life, not only about your work, but that really fills your heart with excitement and happiness because it represents to you your identity of being a helper? Uh, I cannot say about a single thing, uh, but um, for me, helper is not just like help your family, help your friends or whatever. Uh, it's uh, also helping other people. Uh, I do some volunteering job, so for me it's also helping. So probably all these activities combined uh, during the year, the years, yeah, this uh, everything that fills my heart. I love that. So if I understood correctly, you get excited before you get the opportunity, when you know you will get the opportunity to help others. And then when you help others, it fills your heart, correct? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's well, right. it fills your heart with what? Uh, it fills my heart with uh, emotions, with uh, warm. I don't know how to explain this. Uh, it Is it similar to feeling proud or different? Um, I guess different. Okay. If, you and some, if you do help people, it's not uh, like uh, the thing you want to be somebody proud of or uh, you want to be proud of. It's just uh, for yourself, I would say. Um, I mean, not for yourself. Of course, you're doing it for other people. Uh, I mean, you should keep it for yourself. I like say... what you're saying. <laughs> Although there are philosophers who say even Mother Teresa was selfish because when she helped people, she felt good. And if she felt bad helping people, she wouldn't. But that's a philosophical argument. Let's ask about you. That feeling 
when you help others and you, your heart is filled with emotions and it mm -hmm. is for you, it's not about pride. Well, are there other experiences in your life where you have such emotion that fills your heart? I don't know. Maybe this is something that uh, relates to my family. When, when something happens, something nice happens in my family, like uh, a new niece or nephew is born <laughs> or something like that. I like it. And you're using a community kind of thing. So you're speaking about family, helping others. To understand more, you said you're a very emotional person. And it seems to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that people, relationships, community, family is really, really important for you. And in some way, and please again, correct me if this is wrong, that the more you help people within a group or community that you are part of or the world as you view yourself as part of the world, the more you feel fulfilled because maybe it makes you feel like you're both contributing to the big element and you're useful in a way that you're giving to others. Is this a fair assessment? And can you comment more about this? Uh, I can say that uh, you are right, absolutely right. Uh, the more you helping, the more uh, you do, you see the world uh, is getting better. But still, you know, there are some people in this world who can take an advantage of you, knowing that you are such a helper, they can start just uh, using you. And um, sometimes for such people like uh, I am, like myself, uh, it's difficult to... Um, to distinguish this kind of people and to stop uh, to stop uh, letting them have an, an advantage of you and uh, this thing is really like um, helping me right now uh, to uh, not to spread all my energy everywhere so i have uh, like um, I would say not scheduled, but uh, uh, I have uh, everything in my life and it's uh, delivered in portions, right? So you do one thing now, later you do another thing, but uh, still some things happen uh, spontaneously. I understand. And it reminds me of Olga Nechaeva, who said she's so kind, even if she needed medicine, but someone else needed it, she will give it. But people took advantage so much. Mm -hmm. So what she does is she closes her emotions because she understands if she opens to people, then she becomes difficult for her to say no. And therefore, she can get be taken advantage of. And she said she became very good at reading people and knowing who would be a good person to open to and who not within minutes. But you said that can be difficult for you because you're such a giver. And please correct me if this is wrong. At some point in your life, you had a, two problems. One, people took advantage of you giving and that drained your energy and was not good. And second, you spoke about the fact that you can disperse or lose your energy in too many directions. So I assume you had that strategy of being curious about so many things, trying to do so many things at once that you became overwhelmed. So you became more productive. And the way to be productive is to structure things and your day. And in some ways to use 
what you're learning in Scrum and the other methodologies to divide tasks into bite sizes so that you can focus your energy, know what to do exactly and not be distracted, whether by emotions. And to go even deeper, it seems to me that when you follow your emotions, you will go into too many directions at once, which will dissipate everything. And like you said, is a distraction. And therefore, you use your logic and brain and productive scheduling in order to focus your energy, not allow it to be lost and dissipate and focus on the next thing, the next thing, which is compartmentalized. Can you comment on whether this is a fair assessment and share more? Uh, I like what you said about uh, reading people, uh, like Olga explained. Uh, uh, but for me right now, it's really difficult to read people because I'm such kind of person that I see only good in people. And later, if, uh, let's say, they hurt my back uh, and uh, do some, take advantage, uh, for example, it's uh, really pissing me off. Uh, but still... Um, I wouldn't say that I'm right now I'm learning how to read them or how to um, avoid such people. If this just like comes with uh, experience, the more people does it to you, the more experience you get. Uh, and um, about um, uh, structuring myself, my schedule, um, I cannot say that uh, I have like uh, a paper or a calendar uh, where everything is uh, written what I need to do and when uh, but still uh, when I need to do something uh, I have a plan how to do how to uh, do and uh, in what order I actually write it down on a on piece of paper and uh, uh, you mentioned Scrum and Scrum teaches us to deliver uh, value first in the small pieces and then grow uh, grow and grow um, continuously add more features to the product to the values you uh, you started with uh, and uh, scrum right now I'm learning it uh, I cannot say that I'm a guru or I know a lot uh, I have a really great mentor uh, who helps a lot uh, and I have a team who's uh, working uh, and uh, uh, Scrum, really interesting topic. Thank me. you. You spoke about three emotions that are important for you, at least. Four, maybe. It's pride and honor. It's excitement. It's interest, when something is interesting for you. And it's when you help others, it fills your heart with an emotion that has no name, but is personal <laughs> for you. What are, what is something you, okay, perfect. Scrum is interesting for you, correct? Mm -hmm. Which part is the most interesting? Right now, for me, the most interesting part is uh, when you have to facilitate some Scrum events or uh, when you have to facilitate uh, some Teams meeting and um, these parts, facilitation, agile facilitation is really big and uh, um, there are a lot of uh, games or like uh, simple exercises 
uh, that have uh, so much insight, so much, uh, so many value information inside them, even though they took uh, one or two minutes for the team. And uh, uh, I see the results. I see how uh, guys uh, improve their work from sprint to sprint. And uh, this is really awesome. And um, talking also about Scrum, what's uh, interesting there, uh, besides facilitation, uh, it's, of course, um, how people um, are being flexible, how flexible they are. So uh, let's say you need to build, um, I don't know, a car. But for what? Why you need it? You need to move from one point to another. Yeah. So start with a skateboard, for example, and uh, build on top of the skateboard. And later you will have a car. Probably later you will also have um, an airplane, right? So um, this thing about Scrum also really exciting. Wait, wait, wait. That's wonderful. Do you approach your life maybe or you wish to approach it that way where you build a skateboard and then you evolve it into a car and then into an airplane? Is this somehow that for a long time you didn't know what strategy to follow in life and Scrum is giving you a method to live life in a way that you know you're always adding value and improving? Uh, judging from my life, I can say that uh, basically it happens like this even when I didn't know what Scrum is. So start with something small and build something bigger. When you have uh, really, really big goals, uh, what? Uh, how will you know that you achieve them and when will it be? So start with something small and then you will have something bigger. Yes, and before you said that things happen to you, these challenges or adventures, and now you're saying the opposite, which is that you start with something small and make it bigger. So it seems to me to be a contradiction. Can you comment on this? Uh, I'd say it's, uh, it's not related at all. Uh, I mean, uh, my personal goals, uh, some of my personal challenges, uh, uh, they start with uh, small things. Uh, if uh, talking about uh, opportunities uh, or challenges from the uh, outer world, uh, these things are spontaneous and I don't have uh, influence on their size or <laughs> how big they are or how small they are. But also, uh, for example, uh, one of the recent challenges is actually becoming a Scrum Master. And uh, I had no idea what uh, Scrum is uh, or what Scrum Master does. Uh, and uh, I took this challenge and I start from small things uh, like uh, reading the Scrum Guide, uh, watching some lectures. And then uh, I uh, worked with the team and I'm evolving all this stuff. Thank you. And I have also to ask, since you spoke about like things happening to you and you liken to support other others and you are an executive assistant, etc., which one is do you prefer? Is it that you take responsibility and make decisions? And you said you can make decisions fast, but later you ask yourself, Lida, why did you do that? So I'm asking, is this what you prefer? Or as a giver, and it seems to be a tendency for many givers, do you prefer actually to support 
someone who has responsibilities, who is making decisions, and that giving and support and helping role is for you what you prefer and you feel happier and more excited to do that. Uh, actually, I would separate here some personal life and work. Uh, and here's why. So uh, when talking about work, uh, I don't make fast decisions. Uh, I usually think about them and uh, uh, I take responsibility for that because uh, that's how I work. Uh, and uh, with uh, personal life, sometimes, yeah, it's really fast decisions or uh, I can be thinking too much about them and still I um, agree to something and they then start asking myself, why did you agree even though I was thinking about it, uh, right? And um, uh, about supporting uh, others, uh, if I see that uh, people may make a mistake or uh, the decision can lead to something horrible, um, I will suggest uh, this person to hold on on their decision. Wait, you said if the decision will lead to something horrible. I have to ask then about how you think, and you're a very smart and competent person. Are you a strategic thinker? When you do something, does your brain automatically imagine all the future consequences and what will happen? Or is this more of a conscious choice that, like you said, you might do some small exercises to understand the consequences, and that is how it happens. It's not so automatic, but it's about adding value by doing the work. So how does it work? It actually depends on many factors. Uh, so starting from the topic that is raised, because uh, you may be an expert in something like, um, for example, I am a fan of uh, Harry Potter, right? And I may know each thing uh, about these um, books, uh, but still I may, may not know anything about cars or about the uh, car engine. Right. Uh, so it depends on the topic uh, that uh, is uh, discussed and uh, where the responsibility should be taken uh, and where the decision actually should be made. And um, uh, as I said, in some topics, uh, you can see all the possible results after a person makes a decision. And in some topics, you just see nothing. <laughs> You're not pretty sure what happens next. And this is also a risk because uh, um, not knowing what is going to happen is also a risk and tricky thing. Yes. And is risk something that you're comfortable with more and more? Or maybe in your personal life, you're okay with risk, but with work, you're not. And are you more of a risk taker or do you prefer to not take so many risks? And maybe why? Uh, actually, I never thought about that. And uh, as you asked, I, can, I cannot say for sure. Uh, it depends again on the situation, what, uh, what is going on. Uh, let's say uh, when I switched to Scrum Master, uh, it was kind of a risk because I don't know what is that. I don't know if I um, like it or not. And um, this was uh, pretty risky to me because I have my career in business analysis and uh, this is something different, something new. Uh, but I took this risk. Um, otherwise, um, 
if we are talking about something like uh, uh, Lida invest $1,000 in something that may bring you 10000 tomorrow, I won't do this because uh, I'm not pretty sure if this is true or is it some kind of schema, the fraud schema, right? So um, I would say that I am um, not, uh, I, I don't take risk, honestly. I'm, I just like uh, life going on calmly and uh, but sometimes it uh, may happen to everyone, I guess, not only me. It's a wonderful, wonderful discussion and there are so many facets to your mind that I'm loving this. And to finish, can you share if for foreigners, maybe when you were in the U.S., what did you say to explain to them what is the culture of Ukraine? How are Ukrainian people? Or now, maybe you can think about how to share what is the meaning of Ukraine and Ukrainian people and their culture and their personalities with the world, as well as if people want to communicate with you, which links should they go to and where is the best place to find you? Uh, thank you for the question again. And uh, when I was um, uh, in the US, uh, actually, uh, I was happy to uh, get into community with people from Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they pretty much aware of uh, association here and life here. But also I happened to talk to people uh, who are Native American, let's say. Uh, and uh, these people knows a lot about Ukraine. Uh, they uh, were doing some business here and uh, uh, they know some people from here. And uh, all I heard was that uh, people there are hardworking and uh, really um, uh, sincere, I guess. And uh, my feeling about Ukrainian people is just the same. Um, we are sincere, we are hardworking, we take uh, responsibility for uh, what we do. And uh, I would say that uh, Ukrainian people uh, deserve better life. And uh, sometimes uh, it seems also to me that this um, uh, helping uh, nature of Ukrainian people, uh, this... Um, allowance of taking advantage of uh, Ukrainian people uh, is uh, holding uh, Ukraine back from moving forward, from developing itself. Uh, and um, I love Ukraine. I cannot say that I don't, I don't like being born here or uh, I don't like people here. I love Ukraine. I missed this country when I was abroad and uh, I returned back here and uh, I love Kiev. Thank you. And which links should be people go to to connect with you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's Lida Patola. Same on the LinkedIn. It's also Lida Patola. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. And uh, overall, uh, as due to coronavirus, uh, right now I'm working from home. Uh, but uh, I'm open to meeting new people, to going somewhere in Kiev. So guys, feel free to reach out to me. Thank you and have a brilliant, fantastic day. Thank you. Same to you.